Hello and welcome to the Annotating Arts Education podcast. I'm Gigi, your podcast host, coming to you from the year 2045. Today we will dive into the multifaceted topic of multi-species learning and multi-species art, together with very special guest, Bifolia, who is an artist and researcher at the infamous International Institute of Interspecies Art. Bifolia was also present at this year's Footnotes Conference on Annotating the Futures of Arts Education, where our discussion took place. So, let's get right into the conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the Footnotes podcast with myself, Gigi. I'm back in the studio. I'm very pleased to be joined by Bifolia. Hello, Bifolia. Could I ask you to please firstly introduce yourself to our audiences? Uh, hello, all. Um, my name is Bifolia, and uh, I'm an artist and researcher, and I work in the International Institute of Interspecies Art, what was founded um, in early 30s, and I've been working there since uh, 2035. And we are researching uh, ways of collaborative art making with other species, and also the learning and communication possibilities with other species, like using art as this communication method or trying trying to reach like the, the other species via art. Perfolia, that is absolutely fascinating. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with you. But first of all, I did want to talk to you about the Footnotes Conference, which we are both at this week. I know that you're in the working group Symbiosis. Could you briefly tell us a little bit more about this theme and your experience so far in the working group? Well, we are discussing the sustainability questions, uh, both in the ecological side and in the social side. But I'm actually really excited to finally meet a person who is working in the ZOOP organization. It's like a co-op, but it's a ZOOP. And they are doing this like interspecies um, communication studies using AI as a helping tool. And I know that her and their knowledge, we've been knowing ob- about them, but that uh, I'm really excited that now we just try to get into the collaboration with my institute because they have more understanding of their um, communication possibilities between humans and other species. It's so wonderful the conference could give yes. an opportunity to connect in this way with like-minded people. So I would first like to ask you a question around multi-species learning, a common term used today in 2045. Could you please tell us a little bit more about what this term means and how it can be applied either to higher, higher arts education or research more generally? Um, maybe I'm answering from my institute's perspective, where we are really concentrating on creating art with other species. So it's very art based or art focused. And uh, but of course, while you're doing this, we're also learning about other species, their knowledge and their their understanding a little bit. But it's um, yeah, it's challenging but maybe as an example I can give our really the first projects in 30s which came really popular we created a choir with the humans and blackbirds and as we know the blackbirds love for mimicking the sounds and creating new melodies from that and then um, 
we created kind of the method that we have a structured improvisations. The choir species are like that. And that became really popular. And we've been touring even with that choir worldwide. And that was participating a big environmental movement, getting these um, conservation areas, which was like then international law that we have to have at least a 30% of, of each country's spaces for uh, conservation. So that was like participated in, in this activism. We used this choir. Uh, but now I'm working with a project with spiders. We are creating uh, um, installations with them. But that's harder, I have to say, with a communication or a collaboration, because we're trying to create collaborative ways. And then that means that both partners that we should, how can we kind of um, not be so human centered or kind of like our human perspective and how we know that the spiders enjoy the creating the art. And we are still quite in a low level, like kind of giving a different kind of uh, structures to start with. We are trying different kind of acoustic atmospheres and different kind of lightings and and seeing like what inspires the spiders. So there we I'm looking forward to this um, uh, communication support, what we can maybe get. And maybe something this goes a bit far, maybe from your questions. But I just uh, today we discussed about this like ethical questions do we really know what art is for other species and and this is i think going to be the kind of next part of our research also like trying to understand what is art for other species and it can also vary from the different species and we don't know much about that yet but this like we have been able to create artworks with other species but i think Still, the perspective is a bit too much in a human human side and our our understanding of what art is and what we think art could be. That's wonderful, Befolia. Really, really fascinating. Uh, I think always communication is one of the most difficult uh, ways to collaborate, to connect. And it's so great to hear you're moving past language only into things like atmospheres, colours, lighting. So I'm really fascinated and will certainly follow this project with the spiders that you're working on. I wanted to focus in a little bit on this definition of art and speak more maybe about art schools. And I'm anxious to know who you think has the right to be a student at an art school in 2045. I think that's a good question. Of course, with this interspecies learning, it also comes that should we allow other species to be art students? That's a big question. But then there is this other, what is maybe easier to discuss in the in the human perspective, that we have these um, uh, people who have the kind of chips which are enabling their their abilities strongly. And that is uh, creating again uh, kind of unequal uh, um, basis for those who want to be art students because those who are tipped are so much faster with everything and then uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they become greater artists but like in the studies and everything so it's uh, hard that is are we getting back to more like in the early 2000 or or 19th century when the 
it was like the Western middle class, better out people were mainly students in the art world. And now if we get into these who have um, resources, money, or parents have money enough to have their children chipped, then we get again to this uh, like uh, unequality with the possibilities to entering into the art school. So I think that is a very, or do we need to develop different studies or something? But I, I think that is not, not good way to go. But there's a lot of ethical questions around this. Indeed, I, I think it's really interesting what you're saying, because in some way, multi-species learning is highlighting ways in which art is becoming more accessible by offering space for alternative perspectives of what our art is. But in another way too, as you were just saying, things like chips are making hierarchies embedded in arts education again. Um, I'm interested how multi-species learning can play an active role in arts education moving forward. I think that can uh, teach us for understanding other kinds of like perspectives or other kinds of uh, forms, formats. Um, I think there's a lot, like, as we did in um, uh, early 2000, a lot of like this biomimicking, like that we learned as humans a lot from the structures, uh, molecular structures and things from, from the nature. So now like at least there is this, again, very humans, uh, perspectives, but there is a lot we could learn about the different kind of ways of communication and collaboration, uh, different kind of hierarchies, what we can also like see that what is uh, beneficial, what are maybe not difficult ones, or what are supporting the survival or creativity. And, uh, and just like having the students are going through this kind of uh, deep listening exercises, for example, and and uh, uh, feeling and sensing in like in multi-sensory ways another kinds of beings and and uh, like we have had courses in nature, for example, this kind of like deep learning studies where you really concentrate on on different kind of uh, uh, tempos, for mm -hmm. example, in in the lives and understanding like the time spans in mm -hmm. different ways and like trying to open up these different kind of perspectives of being. And I think that is also supportive, like finding your 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 ways or individual ways of being artist. Wonderful. And do you think as we progress forward into the future, multi-species learning will have more of a fixed place in society? I hope so, because I, I also think that we need this uh, collaboration to be here in the earth with other species and understand their rights and their needs and also like their perspectives when, and we, we need it to survive. Indeed, and perhaps this can begin in art schools and then be disseminated out further into society. Yes, I think that art schools can be more radical or creative, or they should be, and and um, daring of their 
ways of learning and, and studying. Do you think there are ways in which the hierarchies can be flipped in schools where multi-species animals, plants will eventually become the teachers and we are the students, so they have ways of communicating with us rather than us finding ways to communicate with them? You never know. An exciting prospect, yes, though. Yes, yes. Well, Bifolia, thank you so much for joining me today and for this insightful and very inspiring conversation. Uh, I'm certainly an advocate for multi-species learning, so it's been great for you to be here today with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Annotating Arts Education podcast. Join us next time to further explore alternative forms of arts education and to see what other time zone spaces we might just tap into. Until then, it's goodbye from me, Gigi, in 2045. Take care.